0: Welcome to The Trenches, I'm Sam Mays, and today, putting his hand in the dirt for the very first time on the show, is former Oklahoma State great and my quarterback, Josh Fields. How are you, sir?
1: Great, Sam. How are you doing? Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, no, thank you for joining me. Uh, I wish it was on better terms. I feel like uh, over the last 20 years, you and I have had many Oklahoma State football moments to be proud of. Uh, many great bowl games, many All-Americans, many, you know, great plays and uh, ESPN instant classics, the whole nine yards. But this game, this weekend against Southern Alabama, right? South Alabama. Is that what it was? I remember the team It's a directional school somewhere in the South. Oklahoma State took the worst loss at home that they've taken in 20 years. It was unbelievable to watch South Alabama show up. Look. More poised, more talented, better coached across the board. It, they were the better team, and there's no arguing that, right? When you lose 30 to 7, there's no arguing that, Josh. I don't even know where to begin. I mean, let's just talk about game night. How'd you feel?
1: I have my glasses on because I'm hiding back a couple tears still uh, <laughs> to this day. So, no, oh man, um, you know, I, I grew up. In Stillwater, I, I got to be a part of some of the uh, one-win teams. Uh, a couple you know, games that went down to where it looked like maybe we wouldn't, we wouldn't even win a game. Um, so we've had a really, really good run. Uh, that game on Saturday night was tough because I think it kind of reverts people's minds back that have been around OSU football uh, back to before. Uh, the less miles years before gundy and everything like that, and I think that's kind of what makes people a little a little queasy and a little uh a little upset at their stomach because no one wants to revert back to there
0: yeah i mean there there were times before I lived here in Oklahoma where Oklahoma state football was pretty miserable i mean there's no doubt about that, but in the last you know twenty plus years, we've seen this really epic rise. I mean, you could argue it's one of the greatest rises in college football history. The Cowboys went from relatively unknown brand to uh, one of the nation's top 25 brands, in my opinion. I think when Pistol Pete is seen, when the America's brightest orange is on television, people know who they're seeing. And it's because of great players like Josh Fields and great players like Justin Blackman, who was honored this weekend, felt bad for him. You know, he's there and getting inducted into the Hall of Honor and they're taking L's to South Alabama. Brandon Whedon, all-time greats. Kendall Hunter, I mean, the list goes on. Russell Okung, I randomly ran into his uncle list uh, last week in Las Vegas. I mean, there's a list of players that have made Oklahoma State great over the years, and, and the expectations are extremely high. And look, the, I feel like the University of Josh has challenged the fan base to be better, and they have been. They're buying tickets. They're buying gear. They're supporting the athletic department. They show up for everything. Oklahoma State's got 35,000 people at tailgate at uh, every single home game. The Sooners wish they had that many people participating in their, in their tailgating. I mean, we have made Oklahoma State a spectacle in each and every way the university has asked and where they're failing is on the football field. And people, you know, here l- lately, I'm seeing these articles come out that talk about this rapid decline. And I'm like, it hasn't been a rapid decline. Right when you recruit in the 40s or 50s, and you've got top 10 or top 15 facilities, that's a problem. And I think tonight or last Saturday night was that moment, Josh, where we saw that all come together. Right, these little slip ups, these little missed opportunities in recruiting. You know, players leaving the transfer portal last night was a culmination of all those things, in my opinion.
1: Oh, I mean, for sure. I think you can look back at you know some of the past. You know, I just know on a couple group texts that I'm on past couple of years, you know, we haven't started out, um, the, the fastest, uh, but, you know, I think at the end of the year, there's been a lot of talk about, man, this might have been Gundy's best coaching performance that he's had. Uh, and it's kind of stacked. It seems like, you know, the past couple of years, there's like, it happened the first year and you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah, he did. He did a really good job. And then the next year it happened again. Uh, and when you're having to, piece together and put together amazing coaching jobs every single year uh, to stay relevant, it's going to continue to be harder and harder. And I think right now it's just, like you said, with the recruiting and with the transfer portal and stuff like that, they've just kind of been backed up and they got their backs against the wall a little bit right now.
0: What do you feel about the narrative that Gundy hasn't fully embraced NIL or fully embraced the transfer portal. How do you feel about that? For me, I, I mean, I get not necessarily wanting to change. I get that college football looks a little differently to a little different today, but at the same time, it is kind of what it is. And we all transfer portal or no transfer portal want to see our team have success. I feel like having a coach drag his feet or not accept NIL or the transfer portal seems like a death sentence, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't heard that too much. I mean, I know there was some some guys making some money on the teams the past couple of years. Um, so obviously there's still – the NIL is is alive and well. I just think when you start comparing, um, when you're trying to have a national presence and you're trying to compare to the likes of, of LSU and Texas A&M and Texas, uh, and you're trying to stay in that conversation to stay relevant, um, that's a different kind of money that you're talking about. I mean, that, that's what they're able to pull and what they're able to bring in is just a, a different level. And that, to some extent, I guess, could be used as an excuse. Uh, and I think that's probably what's going to start happening from now on. But, uh, you know, it, it it is hard. You can you can go pull. And we did a really good job there for years. And, and you know, Boone Pickens, set us apart from, from every other school out there by what he was able to do and what we were able to do. Uh, and now it's just, it it's another level. I mean, now the colleges are relying on that type of money for their facilities and that type of money to pay the players to come in. Um, and that's asking a lot. And yeah, our, our fan base has done an incredible job of stepping up, um, but we still, I mean, we have a, a long ways to go. I know it's problematic in not only football, but almost every sport.
0: Have you um, heard some of the comments coming out of Mike Gundy's press conference today?
1: I've, I've read some snippets here and there. <laughs> uh, yes, but if you would yeah. like to allude to a couple that stuck with you, I'd love to, I'd love to talk about it
0: um let me think so the first one that really pops off my head actually let's do this first let, let's talk about the three-headed monster at the quarterback position right you played quarterback uh, you were part of a quarterback competition as a true freshman there at Oklahoma State also Poe guy was the starter at the time uh, we loved also cannon for an arm big physical guy no doubt but you know you came in with a, just a little more accuracy and i thought you just had a little more football savvy end up winning that job at the very end of the season in that incredible uh, bedlam victory there in 2001 and you know the rest is is history thoughts on how we're here three quarterbacks three different styles um you know for me i think gunner gundy probably makes the most sense just because he's the most athletic of the three uh how how did we get here and and what's the end game here for mike gundy
1: I'll take these off
0: now. So. I love them so much.
1: So we can get serious. We'll go back to it. We'll go back. Um, I think it's tough, and and you being a lineman there, you know, you it was it was tough for you guys, and I don't know if you necessarily realized it, but you get used to you get your you get used to a voice, you get used to presence in the huddle, you get used to someone who has a hopefully hopefully having a calming effect on everyone and, are, you know, and, and is reliable. Uh, and then you step into, you get used to hearing that same person call the cadence. And it doesn't matter how much you try to mimic someone else. It's going to be different. Uh, and then you add three that are different. Uh, it's just, it's going to, it's going to make it tough. Um, the only thing I can say about that is I, I, Fully expected, at least one, if not two of them, to set themselves apart uh, by this point, and I haven't seen the separation. I think as we're sitting here talking, we would both say I think Gunner's played very, very well. Myself, I think he can he can elude a rush pretty well too. I mean, he's been he can get away pretty pretty decent. Uh, he's actually shocked me a couple times.
0: Right, uh, he's an athlete
1: for sure. Um, you know, but I, I think I, I coach my own kids too. And to some level, you don't want to, you don't want to seem daddy ball. But I think at this point, I think, you know, at least the majority of the people would rally behind and say, let's, let's give it to the kid, give it to your son and let him run with it and see where it goes at this point. Um, and nobody's going to question dad playing son or anything like that. I, I, I would love to see Gunner have a chance to just really run with it.
0: Yeah, to, to go back to what you said about the snap count, so just to give people an idea. So I can tell you that when Josh said his cadence that our center, Ben Bowie, would snap it on the T and set, I knew that, right? So with that knowledge in a three point stance, I could beat two thirds of our running backs in a five yard dash. Dead serious like that's the difference between like knowing and understanding and anticipating a snap count and then not being able to do so a few weeks ago a couple of weeks ago in the season opener for the Kansas City Chiefs we watched the right tackle look like he was ju- he was false starting right yeah. when you go back and you slow it down that ball moved his foot moved why because he's got a hall of fame quarterback that he has dialed that sound into his brain he knows exactly and can anticipate that snap count and give him that jump, right? This is why the offense has an advantage, because we get to move first. So the faster I can move on that ball, the better chance I have of blocking what most of the time is a superior athlete in front of me, right? A guy that can move a little faster, he's a little bit quicker than I am. Defensive linemen are studs. You're looking talking about some of the best athletes in the world. For the offensive line, we have that advantage of moving first. You know, we could talk about the uh, taking that advantage away, Josh, we're down in College Station, what, 2002, 2003 maybe, in that end zone in the fourth quarter, and it was so loud that I had to stare at the ball and hold the right tackle's hand. Right. Well, why am I staring at the ball? Because I couldn't hear the cadence. So now that home field advantage has taken away the advantage of the offense. That, that's the beginning of everything. That's the snart of everything is that cadence from the quarterback. And I'm with you. When you've got three different guys taking meaningful snaps in practice – you're talking about taking that cohesiveness away from your football team. You're taking that ability to gel away from your football team. And I, you know, I think that I'm not as high in Bowman as maybe some people are. I think he's probably the one, the first one out of the mix for me takes too many risk with the football. Give me a guy that's going to protect it a little bit better. Uh, I think that Rango probably deserves a snap or two still just based off of, you know, what we've seen out of, uh, Gundy and himself, but, you know, Wrangell, he's athletic, but he's not Gundy. And with the offensive line looking as suspect as they look, you know, you got to have a quarterback that can move here.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you can speak on this because when you get comfortable to someone and you're able to jump the snap like we're talking about, you can have an advantage on a Tommy Harris in which we did when we played him. Right? Yeah. Like we – you – we're able to move Tommy Harris wherever you needed to because we, you could jump the snap, and then whenever he started catching up, we would go on two and try to get him to jump off and had him playing games all day. You, when you've got, you know, this offensive line, and, and I understand playing three because you expected one to, to hopefully, like I said, step up. No one has, so you're still trying to figure that out. But I mean, when you're struggling to run the ball as well, um, and you're, you know, your running back's not getting a lot of touches, the giving your linemen who are struggling a little bit of an advantage by having someone who they know, like I said, like just the, the down, set, hut, I'm going to say it, different than Osso said it, different than Gunner's going to say it. And when they get used to that, when linemen get used to it, you can jump it real quick, And you can have the upper hand on that, that defensive lineman. And we just don't, we don't have that upper hand right now. It looks like everything is, everything's defensive. Uh, and that is not a good place to be. And I don't think in really in any sport, uh, it's hard to play defensive.
0: I, you know, Casey Dunn getting hammered in the media, getting hammered by the fans, uh, play calling this and play calling that. And I, I feel a little bit bad form because there's something to be said about you know when you just shrink your your offense like when your offensive line can't pass protect you can't do a whole lot you know we went from uh give you an example when we went from having one of the top you know 12 13 offensive lines in the country josh's last year at oklahoma state uh to losing a right tackle and and then we didn't have a replacement form and in the very first game We were completely exposed for not having that one position, and it followed us the entire season. So what's that do? It takes away all-man protection, right? We can't man up anybody. We're having to slide right or slide left. To do that, you got to bring a running back or somebody some extra help in for the offensive line. So there goes your four-receiver set plays. I mean, having poor offensive line performance will literally cut your playbook in half and take away so many different options that you typically would throw out there. So I think Casey Dunn is going through some of that right now for sure. And then obviously with the quarterback inconsistency, you wonder how much of a voice he has there in that room, you know, with coach Gundy, is it a group decision or is it Mike's decision uh, that he's going with three because Casey's catching, catching strays here for not doing his job where I feel like, you know, he he's got to be the, the first guy that wants to settle in on who this quarterback is going to be.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think as a as a play caller too, you you gel with the person that's out on the field too. You get to know their strengths and their weaknesses, and you got to try to play to that as well. Gunner being left handed, the other two being right handed. There's a couple. There's throws he's not going to be able to to make as easy as those guys can. So, uh, I mean, I the only thing I would say is. You know, and I am i don't get super critical of coaching. I grew up, my mom was a coach. My dad coached when I was really young. Uh, so I try to not get super critical of coaches. But uh, I thought he did a really good job late last year of kind of getting the ball out of the quarterback's hands quicker. And uh, I think that when you're struggling running a little bit and then you're struggling with pass protection, you have to figure out a way to make the short passes work and be creative. Some slants here, uh, just some hitch routes, um, you know, and stuff. And it seems like the hitch route is kind of gone by the wayside. It's almost like, uh, you know, a home run or nothing. Uh, but it, I mean, a nice little five yard hitch gain, uh, can open up some different things for you. So hopefully, you know, you'll see some, some different things. And I know you want to get in there and you want to, call the plays that you've been working on all spring and all summer. Right. And like that. Man, game speed's different. And when you're having to adapt to what your team can't and can't do, sometimes it's just a, hey, let's get a little three-yard completion and hopefully back the defense up, maybe run a couple yards here and there.
0: We got we to got hit on Coach Gundy. Um, I, I think it's everybody knows I'm not necessarily a huge fan of of Mike and, and really kinda never have been. Um you spent a lot of time with him. He is a passionate, fiery guy. There's no doubt about it. I watch him coach the day these days and I wonder if he's got the same passion for the job that he'd had in two thousand and nine. You know, and, and maybe it's just a normal course of anybody to get a little less uh, lean in you know when you've done it as long as he's done it Mike Gundy's the greatest coach in Oklahoma State history he's the winningest coach in Oklahoma State history in my opinion he's a college football hall of famer like those are things that you can't take away from Mike but I am frustrated when he gets in the media today and someone asks him what he thought of the quarterback play and he says they all played pretty good what Mike what they all play pretty good. That's your response. I mean, I don't, I don't really don't get it. You know, like, and then someone asked him, "How are you going to address the major issues on the team?" And he's like, "I don't think we have any major issues." And I'm just like, "I, you just got beat by South Alabama at home by a large number, right? That's a big number. Where are you at with Coach Gundy? You think he's still, I mean, got got what it takes? You think he's still all in?"
1: I think he's still there, and and obviously we're talking about. Two different sides here. I, I'm I'm biased towards Coach Gundy. I was in the obviously in the meeting room with him on a daily basis, um, but I can understand how you can get eventually jaded a little bit by all of the media attention and all of the uh, you know the the press conferences and obviously having to address the media after you're embarrassed and after you. Uh, no, you're about to get just beat up in the media. Um I can see how he's done it for so long. Um, but I do think, you know, you there is there are explanations that are required when something like that happens. Uh, and you get you get paid a whole lot of money to answer those tough questions and to make the tough decisions. And so there is kind of, I didn't. When I was in Chicago, I didn't feel the same way that I'm talking right now, by the way. I didn't like when people asked me why I had fastballs blown by me all game. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I think there is an explanation that, that definitely has to be addressed. And so going around that is tough. But also, um, he's done a really good job somehow of keeping the teams together over the years, even through adversity and playing bad. And maybe he knows something we don't as to he might there might be one thing he says that triggers someone and then he loses, you know, the the locker room. So uh, I'm not really sure. I, I like to think that he has a plan because obviously he's the head man at my alma mater. And I'd like to think that we have a plan and that we're uh, we're moving forward. We're not moving backward. Um but yeah you you don't you don't buy yourself a lot of leniency when when questions go unanswered that's for sure.
0: What's next, Josh? Season is young. We're talking three games into this thing. Conference play looms over the Cowboys. Do we feel like this is something that they will at least be serviceable? I mean, it's been a long time since we had what a three, four, five win season, right? I mean, it's this is not necessarily what we're used to in Stillwater anymore, and it's and because of Mike Gundy. We're not used to it, right? I mean, because of the the job that he's done over the last, you know, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years, however long it's been. But it it's looking like this is going to be a real tough season for him to be. I don't want to say he's they're the worst team in the league, but they're pretty darn bad.
1: That the Saturday the game on Saturday would lead you to believe things like that. That's for sure. Uh, you know, I'll I'll tell you the one thing that that really surprised me was that I, offense typically starts a little slower um, you know, throughout the year. I thought um, the defense was a little surprising to me. I thought that they were going to show up a little bit more than they did. Um, I mean, everything is still going to get pushed back on the offense because it was so very lackluster. Um, but I thought I was expecting just a little bit more out of the defense. I know the past couple years, you know, if you think back to the first three games of the season, the defense has really saved our butts uh, right. in a lot of situations. And that, you know, I mean, a very similar game, like we have played early in the in the season, um, in the previous seasons, we just didn't have a savior. We didn't have anybody that stepped up to make plays. Uh, and I'm sure the defense is saying the same thing. You want someone on the offense to step up and at least give you a break every once in a while. Um, but I I hope that they can pull it together. I think they've got good pieces. Um, It just, it's confusing as to how they're going to use those pieces as of right now. And I think everyone's confused, which is what the uproar is right now. It's like, if you, if you as a fan can't necessarily see the direction in which the team is going, uh, it's scary. And you have a hard time wanting to, wanting to really get excited and get behind the team. So, uh, I hope that they pull it around because I do know that the university has some incredible things going um, and it a lot of it revolves around the football team. I mean you should get to be honest I mean that's kind of where where everything starts and the rest kind of goes from there um, but as of right now, I think you know I don't have any I don't have any answers because we didn't really get a whole lot of answers uh, as to where we're going I just uh, you just hope that, The next game that you show up, uh, and that's my hope, is that you just get blown away and think, wow, we somehow became very creative and very uh, we planned this game out ahead of time to where you can actually witness it and see it, as opposed to sitting there thinking, man, we're not playing real good and we're not super creative either, which is a tough pill to swallow.
0: I'll give Mike Gundy some credit. He's one of the best coaches in country in the country with adversity, right? We've seen him do more with no offensive line, with you know an average defense at time. With, I mean, he he just kind of finds a way. The creativity uh, typically follows Mike, so I'm I'm kind of with you. I don't know that they'll be a four win or five win team. I think they can get themselves into a bowl game conversation. It might be the Mike and Ike Bowl, but I think they might be able to find their way there. So hopefully, they'll find a way to get it done. This is In the Trenches. I'm Sam Mays. That's Josh Field, my quarterback, former Oklahoma State. Great. So glad he could join me today. Josh, I'm going to keep you for one more uh, fun segment after this. We're going to go ahead and and hit the uh, cut button, then we'll come back and talk a little bit about uh, some things in the past. How do you feel about that?
1: Let's do it. Let's get personal.
0: Let's get personal. Let's do it. <laughs> Sellout crowd, check it out my colleagues do a great job all the content is incredible selloutcrowd.com and make sure you follow me on all the social medias at all american maze uh, on x or twitter all the things youtube it's gonna be good stuff